Welcome everyone to the Game Ball Podcast. I'm your host Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight are Mark Myers and Jenny Aquino. Tonight we'll be discussing our favorite open worlds to explore and reviewing our retro roulette game, The Legend of Dragoon, for the Sony PlayStation. But before we get to all of that, what have you guys been playing? Uh, let's go with Jen. Okay, so most of the same things that I've been playing, um, Dead by Daylight, and I'll just briefly go into this because I'm very mad at the game right now. Um, <laughs> they released their mid-chapter update, and uh, if you're a Survivor main, you probably are already agreeing with me that the game is very broken at the moment. Uh, killer hitboxes are like three feet away from you, the killer hits you. I got hit through a building yesterday, a stone building, like through a tree, around a corner, um, vaulting through a window, you're already through it and you get hit anyway. Like it's very broken. Um, and the ranking system is broken also where normally if you don't survive the match, but you do well enough to still earn points towards survival, like if you're being chased and you get away and that kind of stuff, um, you can still get up to a gold medal in that in that category from your game points. Um, and right now, if you don't survive, you you detip, you lose you basically lose a point towards your rank. So it's like 100% broken. Um, and instead of fixing the game, they came out with um, their Lunar New Year skins that they want you to buy from them. Everybody's got so, Lunar New Year stuff going on. Yeah. yeah, except it's like, it's kind of insulting when you put out this big update. They changed the UI too in the game that everyone's unhappy with. Um, and they had given them feedback in the PTB saying, we all hate it. And they decided to go ahead and launch it anyway. And then on top of that, the game is broken. And then on top of that, they're like, but give us more money. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> if you check out their ratings right now in the Steam store, as of February 9th, they went from almost all like positive ratings. It literally, like, I can't even describe it. You just have to go look at it. It it tanks. Like, Did they get review bombed? Oh, yeah. I can't even, I can't even describe what it looks like. It's literally like positive, positive, positive for like the whole however much it goes back to. And then it's February 9th. It's just red and it goes straight <laughs> down to the bottom of the graph, like more than they've ever been positive. It was crazy. But yeah, it's people who have 4,000 hours in the game are saying like, you ruined the game for me and I'm never playing it again until it's fixed. And that's, that's really serious. I think if you have someone that has been playing since it came out and they're like a huge fan and they hate it now, like there's a red flag there to me. So, well, yeah, I totally agree. I imagine a lot of streamers, big streamers that play this game all the time are probably saying the same thing, which is yeah. losing. It's it's losing them, not only losing them business, but it's like all yeah. of their uh, all of their clout with with streamers is going away. Yeah. You have some streamers who are like killer mains that probably don't care because the killers right now have it a, a lot more easy because the game is not working right. But right. it's just it's more the, like the the streamers who are survivor mains who are like already tired of hearing like oh we need to cater more to the killers because if there aren't killers then like there won't be a game which is true but they're nerfing all these survivor perks and then they're like then this happens on top of everything else it's just like it's been building for a while ever since they announced that they were thinking of changing the ui and now there's just so many more problems than anyone anticipated it's just not great but I don't know. We'll we'll see on uh, Saturday during our stream how it's going to be. Yeah, the um, I, I never understand why uh, games like this feel like they need to do big changes. Um, yeah. You know, the UI change makes no sense. I don't know what they were going for with it. Um, and I think they said something about being able to read the names better, but yeah, I don't I don't know why that helps at all. 
really? I just I would just look at the photo. I don't care who I'm saving. Like, right. you know, like the name doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and also they they're fixing these big things and doing this stuff. And outside of the broken parts of the game, there's still little parts of the game they didn't fix. Like for as much as this game relies on sight and stuff like that, there's no colorblind mode. Right. Oh, that's a you know, huge so, thing right now. Yeah. You know, with the killer being red and everyone else being yellow, there's some people that can't tell the difference between those. Um, and they went and did this big dumb UI update before even putting an accessibility into the game. Yeah. Um, I know. Right, computer? I know. <laughs> um, it's just that <laughs> the uh, it, it screams to me of people being bored, um, like the developer being bored and wanting to do something different yeah. to make it look different instead of just letting the success happen um, or not knowing where the focus like the difference is with, with Fortnite. Fortnite, you know, did some changes and stuff, but it's mainly the same game it was. It's just their big changes to make it stand out and stay fresh are like outside of skins and stuff is celebrity stuff, you know, brand endorsements, getting, you know, things like that. Yeah. Maybe this isn't a big enough company to do that, um, but that's how they switch it up. Um, when you start messing with the way the game looks. Like the bones of the game. Yeah. And then you don't listen to your biggest players in the PTB. Like, the people who play in the PTB most of the time are, like, the big streamers, the people who want to know how it's going to be so they can share their feedback. Like, that's yeah. your most valuable audience. And then for them to turn around and say, like, we hear you, but we're going to do it anyway, and you'll this, just get used to it. Like, that's this, just bullshit. It just screams upper management not having a clue to me. Like, yeah. That's what it seems like. It seems like somebody wants to make money and they see that Fortnite makes money this way and um you know a bunch of a bunch of other games make money this way. So this is what we're going we're going to copy that and make money. But we're not going we're going to break like I'm sure they didn't plan on breaking the game, but right. when it happened they were probably going I mean what are they complaining about? It's the same game. But they literally said in a dev interview that I watched um on Twitch they said, because a lot of people are asking, um, I forget what the exact question was. It had something to do with, like, the balance of the game. Like, when are you guys going to make it so that the killer can't, like, consistently tunnel you or face camp you? Like, the killers who literally hold you hostage on the hook the entire game. Like, when are you ever going to make it a more severe penalty? And they were like, well, guys, if it was balanced, it wouldn't be fun. Like, that was their answer. It was just like, why would we stop and then they said something like, if we stop, like, we want we want the killer to make decisions. Like, we don't want to take away their decision making. I'm like, this is such a runaround. Like, it's just a cop out. It's just we don't want people to stop playing as killer. So we need to make sure that they're playing. I get it to yeah. a degree, but it's just it's a mess. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it for a long time, but here I am. Sorry. <laughs> it's OK, Jen. That's so, yeah, why we have this. that's why we have this podcast. So you right. can you can right. vent on things if you need to. Yeah, so we'll see how long it takes for them to update, you know, and fix things. But there are more big, huge game changes coming with the full chapter update at the end of the month or the beginning of March, whenever that is. So that's going to even be crazier because people are even more angry about that. And I won't go into that. We'll wait till it happens. Yeah, we we'll wait and see what happens because you yeah. never you never know. They could they could come they could come out and fix it. Right. Well, they better. That's all I have to say. <laughs> but. uh Speaking of games that, like, know what they're doing and they fix things really well, Phasmo has been going really well for me. I've been playing that a lot. Um, streaming it a lot, playing with other people, making some friends through it. It's been going really well. I've been having a lot of fun with Phasmo. Um, 
played a bit of Stardew. Like I said last time, I've been going through PC Stardew, so I've been do- using a lot of mods and having fun with that. Um, and then I downloaded a new mobile game. <laughs> oh, mobile game. Here we go. It's called Vikings. Um, it's actually apparently been around for like four or five years, and I just never heard of it. Or maybe it just blended in with everything else that was similar. Um, a big streamer of mine was doing a sponsorship with them, and he's like raising money to rebuild his farm um, because his wife like got really sick and they lost some money through it, whatever. So I downloaded it to benefit him, and I'm actually having a good time playing it. It's like a clan-based game. Um, it's the first game that I've played like this where I've actually been a part of an actual clan, though, because it's his whole streamer community is playing together. Yeah. So like we're actually helping each other out. So it's it's pretty fun. So if you guys are interested, you know, and you like mobile games, I would recommend at least checking it out. Um, it's very like the tutorial. It's it's a lot on one screen. So you have to like really give it give it like a half hour of your time. I feel like before it actually <laughs> clicks, it's just like there's so much stuff you can click on. It's, it's just like a very crowded screen, but it's fun. It's not it's not terrible. I picked it up pretty quickly. So but that, that's it. Uh, aside from uh the stuff I've been streaming and what we're going to talk about later with Retro Roulette. That's about it for me. Cool. How about you, Mark? Um, I am a master assassin. (laughs) Uh, So I have been, uh, obviously I I finished Hitman 3, the story modes, because you don't technically finish Hitman. um, No. Because you have escalations and, um, you know, uh, I forget the name of the kills that, you can only do within a 48-hour window. Oh, my God. This um, would stress me out, never yeah. being able to finish the game. Yeah. Those just, are... I forget what those are called. Yeah. But, but, you know, escalations are fun and stuff like that. Um, If you're listening to this stream... I've actually listened to this on Monday. I, I probably... I've already streamed it the day before. So check out the VOD for that. Um, But, yeah, story mode's fine. I mean, they tried to go a little bit, you know, spy and super, um, you know stuff like that super spy stuff um you can tell that since they got the james bond license um where they're probably going to go with that io Uh, it seemed like an audition right yeah yeah but um a couple of the maps are real good a couple of them suck which is par for the course with the new hitmans um there's this one map uh where you uh can uh, it doesn't matter it's spoilers um with hitman i'm not gonna talk about the story itself in case people are really worried about spoilers with that but there's this one map where you can kill um uh somebody with a great crusher like one of the ones for wine mm-hmm. it's like a big vat and they usually fill it with grapes like they make a joke that like the thing where people mash it with their feet is just for tourists mm-hmm. <laughs> is what they say so it's this big vat that sort of pushes the grapes and into the stuff so uh you like pose for a photo under there, and if you come out quick enough, you can turn it on and have it uh-huh. squish them. Yeah. Oh god! Um, it, you don't see it squish. It's like it like goes real fast and it comes up and it's just blood on the thing. Ew. <laughs> um, but cool. yeah, that was real fun. Uh, there's one map where um, you know, there's a lot of people around and you got to figure out how to do it. Um, I might show that map off. Um, that sounds cool. You know, you in the vod, check it out. But yeah, it, it's uh. First game, the weird thing about Hitman is they didn't done much different with it. Like, not much has changed, but it's just such... That first game was such a revelation in that how insane it could get. And just the difference between the, the PS3, PS2 Hitmans. Um, and then, you know, it 
it just feels like I'll play it a lot, but you know, it's not as, as much of a, you know, kind of, I I know I already said revelation, but sort of like not a, Hey, Oh man, this is awesome. You got to tell all your friends. Mm -hmm. I like beat it and I'm going to play it a little on stream and all that, but I'm not pushing for it, but uh, it's real good. Um, Probably not going to be like a game of the year material or anything, but unless they do some really crazy stuff throughout (laughs) the year with escalations and, you know, the, the time kills and stuff like that. Um, and so, yeah, I got through that. Uh, funny thing happened. I text Tom after I beat it. And I was like, ah, oh, Hitman 3, done. And he was like, oh, man, I wish I could never beat a game. I'm in that fast. I'm impressed. I'm like, well, it's only about four hours. <laughs> I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not all that impressive. Um, but, yeah, the main story, if you're good enough, if you played the Hitman before, you'll probably beat it in four to five hours. Um, I probably could have beat it in under five. Um, but I did a story mission. It took like an hour to finish. Mm-hmm. Um because very slowly you got to go through, you know, mm-hmm. if you just go through and kind of figure out a way to just pop up and just out, you'll be it very quickly. Um, uh, other things I've been playing. Uh, let's see. Besides Trails and all that, there was another game. Um, oh, uh, you know, uh, I think I'm full fledged headfirst into Call of Duty multiplayer. Um, <laughs> I'm just a game behind because I'm playing Modern Warfare. Uh, but now, is this like the first call of duty multiplayer you've gotten into ever yes yeah i my i never really did multiplayer shooters like online ever really the only time i would do it is like local um you know with bots and stuff with uh, mm. friends and all um the first one that i got into actually playing online for a little bit was i played battlefield one mm. for a good bit um because yeah. i got really into their version of domination whatever they call it um, I started out doing that with Call of Duty, just playing Domination, um, and then I just tried out a couple. I just did a quick play, um, or no, they did they did ten v ten Moss Pit, which was like uh, you know ten on ten, and it was like for four different games that rotated um, right. in there. And I found that I liked a bunch of those, not all of them, but a bunch of them. Um, so I just went to quick play and just had those as the check marks on quick play, and I've just been going through that and. Getting better, like I said, my my KD is still uh, 0.33, um, <laughs> but uh, it is improving. It was under three before, but uh, I'm getting a lot closer in terms of the the KD. Um, getting I got a couple more positives, and um, the kill number is going up. Uh, so that's always good. Yeah. Um, I'm getting really good with games like Headquarters and Kill Confirmed and stuff like that. Um, you know, racking up the points and kills. On that headquarters, I had a really good thing where I found a thing where I laid down, went prone, and was just, I happened to be lined up where everybody would run around the corner to get to the <laughs> So I was just picking picking them off. So uh, everyone hated you then, is what yeah, I'm hearing. Yeah, you were a dirty camper. Well, no, no. <laughs> no in headquarters, you're defending a point. Right, so you kind of have so to So that's like how that. you play. You sort of, everybody finds, you see, if you ever play headquarters, which many people listening to this probably already have, but you... You get to a point and you pop down here and then someone else pops down there. And you sort of set it up like a base defense. But I just got lucky that the spot I picked to lay down was, was like sort of the tunnel yeah, where funny. most people ran by. I mean, the, the experienced players were coming from other sides and coming over the top and throwing a smoke grenade first. Like, mm-hmm. knew what they were doing. But I was getting all the, the, the <laughs> bottom feeders on the other team <laughs> that just would keep running from the same spot. Poor new people. You know? <laughs> and I was we were just picking them off. And I found going, out son, that, son of a uh, bitch, he hasn't yeah. moved yet. <laughs> Where yeah. did he come from? Um, 
uh, I found out that I am only really good at that game when I have a scope. Like, like a thermal? Yeah, because I um I went to a new gun because uh, I may I may or may not have bought the battle pass. Um, <laughs> so I I went to one of the new guns that you get the blueprint for um, through the battle pass, and it's higher damage uh, assault rifle um, than I had been using. But I had to start at level one, which meant no optic, no scope, no anything. Mm-hmm. And I was terrible. <laughs> I wasn't getting any kills. And then once I got a scope, you know, as rudimentary as it is, like a level three scope. Yeah. You, you know, like just it. having that little dot looking through the thing, I was yep. my kill numbers like tripled. Yeah. Um, from that. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I need a scope. I'm not good without this. <laughs> uh, so um, I don't think I'm going to be any good where I'll be like your brother, Tom, or anything like that. Um, but as you saw on Wednesday, it's a lot more of like, oh, round the clerk. All right, I got one. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not, I'm not as hectic or frantic playing it. Um, so it's a good waste of time. I think it's replaced my, um, playing sports games as sort of like a, when I'm not playing a game that I'm playing, um, to like waste an hour or so. Um, just cause sports games, as much as I love them, kind of get boring after a while for me. Cause you know. That you get you get good at it enough against the computer, and then you know I'm not as young as I was going. Oh yeah, look, I'm playing. I got LeBron James on the Sixers. This is great. You know that doesn't do much That's, anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't excite you the way it did yeah. when we were 15. Yeah, yeah, and the creative player stuff isn't the same. You know, ever since they allowed you, it looks too realistic. Like uh, I miss the old uh, uh, college football stuff where. You know, you'd make yourself and it'd be insane. Um, you know, you, you can make yourself like your real height and weight and all that. Mm-hmm. But have your stats all the way up. And it's like <laughs> you're like this little five foot seven, 190 pound quarterback that before that was a thing that was like really good in college, That's like funny. being dominated. But as you got older, uh, maybe I think that might have been a transition for me when college football went away and I couldn't import the stuff to Madden and have fun with stupid things like having my friends as other players on the team yeah. or in the league and seeing like a, an Anthony or something like that. Customization. Like matters. some, like bears running back, Anthony Del Vecchio or something <laughs> like that, you know, as I was a quarterback somewhere else and just stupid things, just seeing it pop up. Um, but yeah, yeah. So circling back call of duty, um, modern warfare, especially um, I feel like the guns are the right kind for me in terms of, Battlefield 1, the problem was they were a lot of realistic World War One guns. Yeah. So, you know, a lot slower, you know, and not as many scopes and things like that. And I think it's not futuristic, you know, to where it's, you know, these ridiculous trick shot guns that you have to learn. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Um, I don't know if I have much coming out. I mean, I played my Fuser a little bit. That That's fun. Um, I found out that Dead by Daylight is the game I played the second most on Steam. I think it's second or third. I th- at first is uh, Sims 3, but I think a lot of it has to do with my nieces. Because <laughs> um, all they would play for a while. Um, when they would come over, that's like 160 hours. So I know that's not all me. Um, I did one experiment one time. I think we were on stream, Tom. Yes. Where I just made up a house, made a huge house and all that. And just let it play in the background while Tom was streaming. I, I think I literally just rewatched that stream. I think I was playing, <laughs> playing F Zero F Zero X. I yeah. think I was playing. Yeah, people were just dying, and I couldn't figure out why. And I think I think I figured out that the game was bugged. Oh. Uh, that the people somebody would just stop eating 
and oh. you would have to physically go in and make them eat. <laughs> Um, so like weird. not from sadness or anything like literally the game would bug where you put food like they would get food sit at the table sit down and, and then stand I, up yeah yeah you That's know funny. and then they would die of hunger <laughs> but um or i had to like delete and re-add the fridge or something and then they would eat um but anyway that i know i go off on tangents um i don't think there's much coming out that i'm looking forward to um i'm intrigued by persona 5 strikers but I never really liked those type of games, those Dynasty Warrior, Hyrule Warrior games, or else I'd be playing a hell of a lot of Hyrule Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, Supposedly, the game is way more than just that style of game. Yeah. Like, uh, since it's Persona, it's got a lot more RPG elements. Yeah, yeah. I bought a couple what I've seen. Games. Yeah, I bought a couple games on sale for Steam um, that I may or may not play, but it's a Steam sale, so of course it happens. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's the, it's the Lunar New Year sale, of course. Yeah, yeah, I got um, Ultimate Chicken Horse was like five bucks or six bucks, which would be a, a great stream game for us. Um, and then um, I bought the Colorado map for American Truck Simulator. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe we could see that come back. Uh, Jen said the same thing when I mentioned it to her. Thursday's coming back. Yeah, I can't wait until they they got two more states before they're done with the whole. Uh, west of Texas stuff. You know, they got Wyoming and Montana. Um, and then it's that's really, all done. It's really cool that they're still updating that game. Because that game yep, is they like, annou- And they basically announced that Wyoming's coming in the spring. They that said, game's like anybody five like years bison? old, right? You know, and, you know, the bison is on the, the Wyoming flag. Right. State flag. But, uh, yeah, so that's basically all I've been playing. Probably going to have, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find another game to get into, um, you know, just to play regular. But, you know, I got to be terrible for stereo. Excuse me. <laughs> no, I meant actual real games. Um, you know, every time, Tom, because you, I will say you made me purchase it. Made every you purchase time I, Every time I look at my gaming shelf and I see the steelbook for Persona 5 Royal, <laughs> I consider playing it. Despite the I fact that it's a 120-hour game. Listen, I didn't make I didn't make you do anything, Mark. <laughs> I will say you made me. He planted the <laughs> make me feel better. <laughs> Mark, you you also still have a game that I've loaned you, like before the coronavirus yet. hit, that you have not played yet. <laughs> uh, oh, that that's it. I knew there was a third game. Um, I got I bought golf for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, PGA 2K1. Um, and a golf game on the Switch, not bad. I mean. It's probably better elsewhere in terms of graphics. I did have one hiccup where I was trying to putt and its screen was black, um, except for the UI. So I had no idea what the hole was. Did you get a hole in one anyway? No, I I just missed, actually. Because the fun part was you had the little marker, and if you hold A, it sort of lines up where your putt's going. So I had that line go, and I had where the line was, and I'm like, I guess maybe I'll go this way. (laughs) And it just missed. But yeah, Uh the whole screen went black. But yeah, but besides that, Switch has been running really well. Hasn't been having many hiccups. Um, it's not a great. It's not Tiger Woods. You know, some of those had a lot more features. This looks like it's very much they want you to pay for currency to buy cosmetics. Yep. In oh. this, um, that's the new thing. It's a 2K game. Um, but yeah, I grabbed that, and then I got a uh, the new version of uh, was it Double Helix or one of the uh, Fear Effect? That was it. Um, Double Helix is the one of the names of the games. Um, for free with Nintendo coins. 
It was on sale for like a dollar ninety nine. Had enough coins for like two fifty, <laughs> so I just purchased. I haven't played it, but but yeah, I knew there was a third game. Talked long enough, I got to it. But <laughs> yeah, the customization is fine on that. Um, if you like golf and you play your Nintendo Switch a lot, I recommend getting it. If you have other systems and you love golf, I, it's good. If you like simulation golf, um, you know, golf with your friends and all that is your funny golf. But uh, yeah, that's all I've been playing. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to tell you I've made the decision. I'm going to play through all of the Kingdom Hearts games. Yay. Uh, <laughs> even even 713 over 12? Yes. Yeah. Even, even 675 over 309. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I'm still playing through Kingdom Hearts one. I'm at the end of the game and I just, I like, I got to the end of the game. I was like, man, this seems like the end of the game. It's because this, this is one of those games that came out before they like warned you that the end, it was the end of the game. Um, cause it's a PS2 game. It's an early PS2 game. So it, that wasn't really a thing yet. So I'm at, I'm at the end of the game. I'm in the last level and I'm going, do I want to go back and get all the stuff? I want to go back and get all the stuff. So totally trick out your gummy ship. I this is the first time I've ever built my own gummy ship. I did that um, because I saw that it was a a trophy. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot because I've ne- I couldn't as a kid I could not understand for the life of me how the gummy ship builder worked. So I had to watch a YouTube video, multiple YouTube videos, just to figure out how to get the pieces onto the ship where it made sense and not have it like not be able to fly. So I did that for the first time ever. Um, I now need to go back and get the ultimate weapon and beat the, um, all the tournaments at the Coliseum and do all of the, I need to get all the lot, the lost pages for Winnie the Pooh and all of the, uh, uh, all the Dalmatians. Oh, you have to do that. I've been I'll trying play. to do the Dalmatians as I've as I've been going, but I'm pretty sure that there's some that I haven't been able to get to. So that will be the fir- probably the first thing I do is get the Dalmatians, and then I'll do all the other stuff. Yeah. But well, I do be- you have 101 of them. Yeah. I don't have 101 yet. I have. You don't have all the Dalmatians. I I, I realize <laughs> that, Mark. <laughs> uh, well, you, you sounded unsure, so I just wanted to make. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I haven't. I didn't look at Jiminy's journal, so I, I, I'm not 100% sure how many I have. But I'm, I didn't get a trophy, so I'm sure I didn't get them all. Um, but I need to get the ultimate weapon, which is kind of the big deal. You kind of need it to beat the bot, the end boss. Otherwise, he'll just smoke you real fast. Because I, I mean, spoilers for 20 year old game. Uh, you fight um, Maleficent first, and then you have the big boss battle like right after that so i've beaten maleficent so now i need to go back and get all the other stuff so i can beat the big boss which it very nicely of them they put a save point right in front of the big boss so i can like get in the gummy ship and just go do whatever i want and then come back like 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 he hasn't been sitting there waiting for me for a year (laughs) um so that's that's pretty much what i'll be doing and i've decided i'm going to do them in release order which should be fine, but people will argue that oh you should you should be playing Birth by Sleep first. Well, I started playing Kingdom Hearts one, so I'm just gonna play Birth by Sleep whenever it came out. So, and I didn't I did not realize just how many Kingdom Hearts games there were. There's like eleven games. 
Jesus. And they all have story relevant content. And they're all relevant to the story. It's not like that you can just skip one, which is which is what I've done up until this point. I've played uh, one or one point five, two point five. I've played the originals, but I played but I've played the remix ones too. One point five, two point five. I played about halfway through Dream Drop Distance. I played two point eight, which these the, the, Mark, you're absolutely right. The naming of these just gets. <laughs> so stupid. Doesn't I played two point eight and three. What's that? Do the numbers have any relevance? Like, are they legit? No. Just like an algebraic equation after a while, or like what well, is it? Well, there there is literally one game that's three five eight over two. Mark. Yeah, keeps, yeah. Mark keeps joking about the number going being different every time, but that is an actual name for the game, which is I don't understand. But that's not. Yeah, I don't I understand. Think, that. I don't know. I can't remember if Jonathan was joking. I don't know something. if he was. Yeah, I don't know if he was joking either when he told us that. <laughs> that it was three. It's three hundred and fifty days uh, told through two characters. Yeah, which would be three fifty eight over two. Right. Um, it could be that, but I don't know. I mean, I would accept that as an answer yeah, yeah. over nothing. So why yeah. not? Yeah, Jonathan's dry wit. I don't know if he was joking or not. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> he'll let us know. Especially because it was in written form and not <laughs> spoken. I'm sure he'll <laughs> let us know today after he listens to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, I'm just about at the end of 1.5, and I'm about 19 hours in. So I'd say that's probably right around the the how long that game is. I'm hoping that the um, the handheld games are not nearly as long. I could be wrong about that. Uh, we'll find out. I'll, I'll continue to report on this as I go because I'm sure everybody is clamoring for. Uh, 20 year old game reviews at this point yeah obviously I, that's why we i love the fact that uh that you had to put a spoiler warning behind the fact that maleficent was a bad guy yeah uh, well, I, I had to put the spoiler that she's like the <laughs> one of the main bad guys she's like the the big one of the big bads yeah uh but yeah I I, fe- I I felt as though you need to put that spoiler <laughs> warning out there. Yeah, the well, now uh, it's ruining because, me. Yeah, yeah. Jen, I didn't want I don't want to ruin all this for Jen because she needs to now that I'm doing it she has to do it. Oh great. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> she now owns the games. Yeah. All do I own eleven of them though? No, right? I just no, own like you pieces. Probably, you don't of have the phone games and stuff like that. I think that. you yeah. own eight of them mm. on that disc. You don't own three, right? Did you buy three? No, I think that's what Jonathan said is missing. Hold on, I have it right here, actually. Please hold. It, it should tell you every game that's in that gigantic list. Yeah, I have Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, yep. Chain of Memories, 358 mm-hmm. over two days. There it is. Uh, Final Mix 2, the story's not over. Uh, Birth by <laughs> Sleep, yep. Recoded, Dream Drop Distance, A Fragmentary Message, yeah, that's... and Back Cover. I don't know. Okay. Two yeah, fragmentary message is two point eight or the okay. or point eight or some some it's like the prologue for three. Which okay. they released as like a thirty dollar game, but it's like an hour. But they yeah. they they released it for like a full not a full price, but like a half price game. That's which ridiculous. is hilarious to me. Because even like a sixty dollar game should be more than two hours. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a total square thing to do, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's mostly what I've been playing. I've been logging into Forza Horizon 4 because they've been doing a bunch of updates. So logged on yesterday 
and today and a bunch of other days just been goofing around which i'm going to talk about probably later on in the in this episode as we uh talk about open worlds but yeah other than that uh the retro let game and that's pretty much it so uh i think it's time we move on to the news yeah um so speaking of like segues and stuff i have a perfect segue in and then out of the news awesome so yeah and this is thanks to you tom you're welcome so (laughs) after kingdom hearts was created which it's been about 19 20 years you said right um, At this point, it's very close to that. Yeah, almost 20 years. Kingdom Hearts is finally coming to the PC. Um, so I wanted to mention that Epic Games is going to be exclusively carrying the game in March. Um, but it's coming with a pretty hefty price tag, in my opinion, at least. I feel like a 20-year-old game, or games, plural, shouldn't be the price of full-price games. But um, if you're interested, you can actually pre-order the games now before they come to the store. I believe... I believe it is launching in March. I don't know the date exactly, but um, if you're interested, you can get... It'll be Kingdom Hearts 3 and the Remind DLC for $60, and then Kingdom Hearts HD 2... 11, wait, is it 11.8 <laughs> or is it 2.8? It's it's one. It's 1.5, 2.5, and uh, 2.8. Got it, okay. So then it's Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. That alone is $60. Then Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, that alone is $60. And then Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix is $50. So right. that's a huge chunk of change. Right, but the the 1.5 and 2.5 contain all of that other crap, too. Like the, Got it. And I'm pretty sure 2.8 has Dream Drop Distance on it, I think. Got I'm it. not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that that's on there, too. I think you have to buy all of them to get the story. Like, there's no story so far, like... Gen purchased. Right. Got there's it. no yeah. right. There's no story so far. One money trap. <laughs> yeah, and, and the best thing about the uh, was it the chain of memories or whatever the most recent game was like. Isn't that like a rhythm game or something? Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That's yeah. One of those games that shouldn't uh, cost money or do anything like that um, at sixty dollars, but yeah, uh, it has story relevant stuff in it, which is yeah. ridiculous. Melody yeah. of Melody of Memories is Melody a memory. is a rhythm based action game they call it it's basically like guitar hero or anything else but you're you're sora and donald and goofy interesting so that alone is 60 dollars. yeah so it being on the pc how long until x-rated content <laughs> yeah seriously oh uh, probably within two weeks i mean how long did it take for people to have sex with johnny silverhand in overnight <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 just what happened yeah it was literally they announced it and then the next day they announced that please don't have sex with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it was literally 24 please hours. Please don't do it. <laughs> well, because if they modeled it, then they could get in trouble with the actor because that's not what he signed on for. Right. Um, David Cage had the whole issue with Ellen Page mm-hmm. where they made the new mo- nude model for her body for the shower scene. But in the actual game, you don't see any of it. It's just her back, you know, but they made the full nude model. Um so they, you know, I don't know, maybe he, well, he is a creep, but that's not here, they're there. But I'm thinking from a from an art perspective, you know, if you're only going to make like half the body, there's a chance that a bug could happen or something right. where, you know, like Unity, like Assassin's Creed Unity, where you just see eyeballs yeah. um, for people's faces. So, so designing the full body 
Um, yeah, probably needed is, to happen. It probably helps that from happening. But that was the main reason why they came out. And he was like, yeah, th- that's a difference with Kingdom Hearts. Is that not real people? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to. Like, they will stop it because it's Disney mm-hmm. and Square. But, you know, they don't have to worry about lawsuits coming. Like, they don't have to be like, guys, stop, please. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> you know, they, they can just, you know, um, sort of gently say it. But sort of like, hey, this is getting us more game, people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Secretly, we kind of appreciate this yeah. feature. Yeah, but uh, it'll, it'll be fun to see if any any um, any mods come out of it that are funny. Um, yeah. Like, I always think of the Resident Evil 2 when I finally went to PC and the mods, and they just changed Mr. X into, like, nine different yes. things. Thomas like, the Tank Engine. Thomas the Tank Engine. The one is yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> it really is. It's so creepy. It's so yeah. good, though. This With the music, the, the music, too, just oh, makes yeah. it good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the only one where it was just music change was the whole. As you got closer, we play X going to give it yeah. to you by DMX. Um, <laughs> and, and and they had it set where like the actual music. So like his music plays when he's closer to you. So the song would fade in and That's out amazing. as you went away from him. That's amazing. It was really good. The YouTube <laughs> video. I don't know if the guy like altered the YouTube video to be able to do that, but even that is amazing. Yeah. That it was perfectly timed. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I, 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 just, I just can't wait to see the stories on this when it comes out. I just am so confused by it. It's it's this game has been around for so long and it just finally came to Microsoft consoles. Like, I, I don't know what changed that it went from being a Sony only property to now it's on everything. It's on Switch. It's on, um, you know, Xbox and now PC. Like, what took so long? Disney like, wants why? to make money. Yeah. Is it you? Do you think it's Disney or do you think it's a yeah, uh, do you do you think it's a Square thing going? Listen, we need to make more money now. So it's or probably is it, Disney because they're in a lot of debt or like they're they're not making as much money because of coronavirus and all that. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it more because Disney runs that show for that game. That That's too. why there was less and less Square characters in it. Well, That's yeah. In three, there was like none. There was. Yeah. Pretty so. much no no Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, so Square runs the show. Disney. I mean Disney, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Disney runs that show. I mean, it so. makes sense. It was oh, definitely yeah. them going, what do you mean you're not doing revenue streams doing these two other things? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes once people start playing on PC. Um, we'll definitely see some more streamers, I think, playing Kingdom Hearts. Um I will just note that um, Epic did urge people to make sure your PC can handle playing the game. So they do have uh, their recommended minimum specs that you need. So I would definitely recommend checking that out just in case you spend all this money and then you can't play the games. <laughs> do you have them in front of you by any chance? Um, I don't. I just wrote down that they recommend that you check it out. Um, it didn't seem crazy to me. Yeah, it's probably just to stop people that have older computers um, that remember the games as a kid. Yeah. From buying the game and not being able to play it. All right. Or yeah, people it's, trying it's, to play on laptops and stuff. At least the 1.5, 2.5 remix are not that bad. It's like it says i3 i3 3210 and AMD a8 which are really old and not necessarily very good. Uh, processors and graphics cards says GT730 from NVIDIA or yeah. an AMD R7 240 which again these are not very very 
very good things. I think that's that's minimum. Yeah, but I nice. think I think you'll be fine. Anything moderately new, I think you'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. Any anything probably 900 series and above. Yeah. Fine. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that. Cool. I guess more to come as uh, as we see them start rolling out in March. I'm I'm excited and skeptical at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I am looking forward to mods, as Mark says. I think that'll be interesting. If not for nothing else, it'll be entertaining, at least. Yeah. Um, so moving on to uh, something that I'm really excited about. <laughs> the most detailed and realistic character creation tool has been created. Uh-oh. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. So another Epic Games story, actually. They've designed this character creation tool, um, and it's actually meant to run on a browser, which is pretty cool as well. Um, it's being powered by Unreal Engine, and their aim is to reduce the time studios take creating ultra-realistic human characters for their games. So while it can take months to years, or it's rushed and it looks like crap, like this is what they're creating in order to cut down on that time. Um, and it also can be used with motion capture, which is great as well. So I know like that's like a huge thing right now in games. So this is this is really crazy. Um, there are two videos out. Um, with Unreal Engine where you can actually watch samples of these characters that they've created with their tool. And you can just barely tell that they're not real people. Like they still have something about them that's not real. The uncanny Uncanny valley. Yeah, exactly. But it is getting so mind-blowingly close to looking like an actual person. It's amazing and also terrifying a little bit. (laughs) Um, The most, like the things that usually stand out to me in games are like the eyes being like unnaturally white the teeth are always like kind of weird there's something off about people's teeth and then like their hair yeah like those things though are almost perfect like they like have individual eyebrow hairs that like can move on their own if like it's just it's wild the amount of they did some kind of special thing with the hair where like each hair has its own movement or something it's it's really really detailed and then like similar to the sims where you have all these um like parts of the face that you can change and they have the sliders and it's it's like every single piece of your face can be changed it's it's a crazy amount of customization um you basically can can change any single part of the the human body with this thing um, and there's just an endless amount of characters that you can create. Um, I want to mess around with it so bad. Like if they release this just as a character creation tool, <laughs> it would be fine for me. Like we'll I don't never even care if it's a game. No, you wouldn't. I would be like, oh, I'm going to make all these D&D characters. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Um, it's also going to be offered for free. So Unreal Engine, um, is going to team up with commercial game projects. They just have to have a, a million dollars in revenue or above, but they're going to be offering it free to these like projects, which is kind of cool. Um, so there's no release date on it yet, but I'm excited because maybe this will also help cut down on the whole like rushing to get the game done to get it out potentially. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I'm excited to have like I'm a huge graphics snob, so I'm excited to have even more realism realism in games going forward. So should be interesting. Should be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think Unreal Five is gonna be the real next generation thing. Like once that becomes like integrated and stuff like this into games in like a year, two years before games that are using it start getting released, I think that's when the PS five and the Series X will really take off. 
Yeah, and then um, we can buy it at that point when we really need yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, because right now, all it is is just really up-res PS4 games for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are built from the ground up that look amazing, but they're not really worth... They're not system sellers. Yeah. But if you can call, you can bring a... Um, I'm trying to think of a series. Yeah, because a lot of them don't... But if you can get like like a known series or hell... They're already developing it, but if, like, the second Horizon, you know, came out through, or Thor Ragnarok, not Thor Ragnarok, Jesus, God of War Ragnarok, you know, had this in it, you know, then that oh, would yeah. be the, okay, I have to buy a, a yeah. PS5 or, a, or or an Xbox now. Um, but, yeah, Unreal Engine 5 is going to be the thing that's going to transform PC and going to force people to get 3,000 series cards. Um it's it's going to be the thing more than HDR and ray tracing mm-hmm. and all that. Um, that's going to we're going to be looking back two years from now going, why did we play those games? We're going to look at Cyberpunk and be like, that's yeah. so that's well, so we unrealistic. Look at Cyberpunk now yeah. and go, Ugh. <laughs> yeah, for a different reason. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. totally trash I, then. Yeah, now we'll really I, be able to tell the difference between penis one and penis two. <laughs> I don't um, know if it's just me, but when games start looking too realistic, it kind of turns me off of them. I don't know if that's just that might just be me. Like, that, yeah, I think I, that that might be tying into your hatred of gore and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, because like even like like I'm just trying to think like Wolfenstein, like that's verging on too much for me. Like it's it look it's getting too real. Like the the newest Wolfenstein, like there's massive amounts of like gore and violence and stuff, and it's just like okay. <laughs> Now that yeah. it looks more real, I just don't want to play it anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. can play Doom because I'm killing aliens or whatever. But when it's people in... Hellspawn. I, I don't know. Um, Hellspawn. In Doom. Excuse me. Hellspawn. <laughs> um, people are yelling don't, at you Don't right disrespect now. the Dark Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Aliens. I mean, I, sure, I'm okay with it because it's Nazis. But at the same time, I'm. I, it's just a little too too much for me. Mm. Not that I don't want to kill Nazis in a video game. That's, I mean, I think everybody would agree. Uh, we can continue doing that. It's just when it gets to that weird, uncanny valley, too lo- looking too real for me. It, like, I can't play um, The Last of Us. The Last of Us one or two can't do it. It's too, mm. it's too much. Oh yeah, you wouldn't be able to do two, especially I the multiplayer. Be, I still want to be there when Jen plays two. <laughs> the um, multiplayer, the, the multiplayer alone is like. St- super violent and like heads are exploding and i'm just like eh, I'm, I'm, I'm good <laughs> but i don't but need Tom, to see it. just think of this when unreal 5 comes out and a lot of games playing it and gets real realistic co- character creator imagine how good triple h's hair is gonna look oh it's gonna be so it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be so flowing. Good. he's gonna have to grow it back just because unreal is, is so good <laughs> yeah it's gonna be more real than his own hair yeah awesome and all the sweat <laughs> on basketball players Mm. it's gonna look amazing and those oh, tires okay. on cars <laughs> there See, it is now you're talking his language right now you're speaking my language car <laughs> tires. smoke tires tire smoke uh you know reflections on the, the hood of a car now now i'm in yeah he's in <laughs> people uh, looking I, I real though i don't, I don't give a shit <laughs> a very small piece of our audience is going to get part of the joke with the sweat on basketball players and triple h's hair mm-hmm the um, most intimate part of our audience will get yeah, it. <laughs> because that's every time there was a new generation of video games, that would be the thing they would point out is the sweat on the basketball players <laughs> and how realistic. And then there was a whole, um, uh, I don't know 
how much Jen was into the magazines and uh, gaming websites back when he was a, still a wrestler full time. But that used to be one of the things was that you couldn't you couldn't mention Triple H's hair hmm. um, in the reviews and stuff like that. And they would they would only send out uh, screenshots. And the only one was the only male wrestler was usually Triple H because of his hair. It was the whole thing with Triple H's hair um, <laughs> during funny. that time frame. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I just. I, I can't wait to see what Unreal Engine 5 does. Um, just from even, a, like, I know I spoke down the sports games earlier in the podcast, but just, just to see what they can do with that to where you can get, you know, um, you even get comments now if somebody walks by the TV and goes, oh, I didn't know they were on. Mm, yeah. You know, it's sort of, but then, yeah, it's, it's going to be ridiculous. And this character creator will cut down on the time, you know, for, for these games to get out. Yeah. And which will make it worth it to the companies to spend the money they have to spend on these new systems. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited. And like I said before, if they just come out with a game just with the character creator, I'm all in on that. So because <laughs> I'm a psycho. So the last story that I have is a game that um, when I've been streaming, a bunch of people have been telling me about it and I'm sort of considering trying it. Um, I think I need to watch more gameplay on it, but um, if you guys have heard of Valheim, uh, it's like a smash success right now. Um, so in case you don't know what it is, it's a co-op Viking survival game um, by Iron Gate Studios. It launched on February 2nd of this year, 2021. Um, it's an open world game that allows you as the player to be a Viking character. Um, you create your own settlement similar to basically the freedom that you have when you play Minecraft, sort of. What? Now, a real Viking or fictional Vikings? There is a difference. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Because real Vikings are not great people. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think they're I think they're probably going for the allegedly. More fictional. Yeah, yeah. allegedly. I think they're going for the more fictional angle on this. Um like I said, I I haven't watched a ton of gameplay. Um I watched a few, like briefly watched a few streams just to like, because everyone keeps mentioning it to me during my own streams. Like, you should play Valheim. Um, and I watched some videos on it. So you basically, you have pretty much the freedom that you'd have in Minecraft where you're building things and collecting resources and traveling around. Um, and you have en enemies you have to battle or defend yourself from. Um, you can start building trade routes. Um, you can sail across oceans and, and chart your seas that you're traveling on. So it's pretty in-depth from what it sounds like. Um, the style of the graphics is is definitely still like kind of pixely and like hexagonal at times, but it's still kind of impressive what they do with like the lighting in the game and the coloring is really pretty. So it's not, you know, ultra realistic in any way, but it's kind of like that middle ground. It's not even like as detailed as World of Warcraft is. It's like a downgrade from that. But there's something about it that people are really loving. Um, it definitely has that Minecraft vibe for sure. It's just not as, you know, like I mean, hexagonal as that. People love Viking. Yeah. I mean, it, they, they're, they're making a big comeback right now. I feel like Yep. Yeah. with Valhalla and, um, with, I'm sure the new God of war, because it'll be, I'm sure it'll be North was the last, the last one was Norse gods. Right. So that's yeah. kind of the same, same deal. Yeah. So I yeah. could see, I could see why people are enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and as as somebody does, you know, studied history probably more than he should have. Um, whenever these games come out about cultures and stuff from like thousands of years ago or even a thousand years ago, 
it always makes me realize that the majority of people playing the games are just in love with the idea of that type of culture mm-hmm. more than the actual culture. Um, because, you know, there's so much... Ex- Greek is the big example. There is so much, um, like, differences in all the Greek cultures from all the city-states and stuff. But everybody, everything just gets emagulated. Um, uh, I'm saying, right, you know what word I mean. Yeah. Um, into like one, this is Greece, mm-hmm. and it's like mostly just a mixture of a little bit of Sparta and a little bit of Athens, and and that's it. Um, it's a coagulation. Coagulation. Yep. That's what I was looking for. Or um, you know, of all that. So it doesn't surprise me that the only thing they focus on with the with the with the Viking stuff is boats and settlements, rather than how they get those boats and settlements, right. um, or how to make <laughs> those settlements. You know. Um, because and it's a thing where I'm not just picking them. Uh, all cultures back then, that's how they survived. Was you know, you know, minus the rape um, for things, but um, you know, pillaging and just wiping out villages is how they moved their civilization to a new place. Right. You know, but yeah. they're not going to put that in a video game. But right. uh, I mean, Valhalla, they kind of did. They kind of went there. Okay. But, but, good, but you're good. you're kind of the good the quote unquote good Viking while you're fighting against bad Vikings. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, it, it goes both ways. Be, you know, but yeah, I'm not disparaging. Like you can't be ultra realistic because then there would never be a good game about America. You know, because <laughs> yeah. of the shitty things that every country has done as they've settled lands. Um, so you know, but it's always fun to me when. I only bring it up because it's always funny to me when somebody goes, I love Vikings or I love this. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you don't know. You don't know what that sounds like to people that were on the other side of those cultures, you know, that were terrorized by those things. Yeah. Um, You know, we only give it a thousand years. And as bad as, you know, the things you just mentioned, you love killing in video games, Tom, you know, you you know, become very normalized and, and toned down. And, you know, it, it's sad to think about that, but that's what's going to happen. But um, it just makes me laugh. But uh, that's a weird tangent of a person <laughs> that has. <laughs> no, it's actually not that weird, because, like I said, I've been playing the Vikings mobile game and the streamer I was watching was asking people to play it. And someone in his chat said, I refuse to play that because Vikings wasn't a culture. It was a job and they were all assholes. So, yeah. so that's really weird how <laughs> you are saying pretty much the same thing. It, it just. There are uh, others out there, Mark. Yeah. You're not alone. Just, I, I don't mind if you say I like playing a Viking game or something, but What's if, the you idea? Just, if you yeah. take game away and just say, I like this culture, it makes me think some things about you. But um, unless just, you don't know. Yeah. Anything, well, really. yeah. Hope it, 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 uh, not so much you. I'll say it makes me think about the education system. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that you know. That's fair enough. You yeah. know, don't know that stuff. Or all the shows that are out that are like romanticizing things yeah. that you know aren't yeah. exactly as yeah, great like as they seem. Things that you know, even Game of Thrones and things like that romanticize what you know the Dark Ages and <laughs> the Renaissance and all you know stuff like that was. You know, even though it's obviously not a real time period. It still feeds off of that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, that's that's what when these games come out and it's just it's just like picking off little little cultures. Um, You know, it's probably a great game. I, you know, you know, as long as they don't as long as they don't try to make them seem like the good guys and like everybody you're fighting is the bad guy. Yeah, that's where I get a little upset. Yeah. 
I think I think this game seems like they're just taking Vikings as like the theme to draw you in, and you're just like surviving. I don't, I don't know because I haven't played it. I don't if know it's how just much a survival they focus. game. Then fine. Yeah, I don't know how much they focus on actual like Viking stuff. Yeah, but... I don't I don't mind it if they if you can just lift the culture out of it and the game still works. Right. Like I'm glad the Falhalla went there. Um, even though yeah. they did the the hero thing where you're the white knight version of that right. job and culture. Um. But they at least touched on it. And that, that's all I have mm-hmm. <laughs> in games. It's just don't ignore it because some of it is, you know, really easy to ignore. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah. But that's what, you know, when you're making an open world game, you have to sort of maybe sacrifice some things because, you know, people, you know, are going to want to feel like they're in that world and they would never want to feel like they're bad people. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> Um, if you guys have played it or you want to start playing it, let us know what your thoughts are. Maybe you can convince me to try it. Um, I'm not super convinced on the idea yet because I've just been like, like I said, only watching, you know, a couple videos and stuff, but it sounds interesting. Um, I'm also scared to play it because it's been compared to Minecraft and Minecraft. I lost like my life to Minecraft <laughs> temporarily. So I'm excited. I'm excited and both scared at the same time to start playing a, a similar game, but um, it has done so well so far that it's already sold um, a million copies in its first week, and it is all over Twitch, and it's only $20 right now because it's an early access game. So, like I said, if you play it and you have thoughts on it, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll be excited to hear your opinions on it. And let us know how uh, Viking-esque it gets, I guess, if you want to continue that part of the conversation as well. But... I guess that can transition us into our our main topic. Speaking of open world games, yes. So this evening, we're or whatever time you're listening to this, uh, we want to talk about uh, our favorite open world areas and what places we like to explore. Uh, I know over the years I've discovered uh, some interesting ones and ones that I didn't think I was gonna enjoy or didn't think that it would be in an open world event. Period. So we we've compiled a few that we want to share with you guys. Um, Jen, since you uh, are championing this this topic, how about you lead us off okay. with your your first one? So what I did was I talked about like the games as a whole as open world games, um, but I'll I'll see if I could think of like specific areas in the games that I appreciate as well. Um, I mean, it doesn't have to be a specific. It could be the whole world. Okay, cool. That's fine. <laughs> Um, because if I if I really dug into this, I this would be like an hour for each game. That I'm <laughs> so yeah, just in case you haven't noticed by now, to me, open world games are like I I can fairly say it's my favorite genre at this point. Um, because for me, like I want to be fully immersed in a game. Like where Tommy was saying that the realism sometimes it freaks you out. Like I want all the realism that I could possibly get. Um, so. I like to make my own choices. I want to play a part in the story. I want to make my character down to the littlest details. Like I want to be impressed and feel like everything is realistic. And I want to be like escape into a game most of the time. So my number one open world game will always be Skyrim. So I'm, I'm, I know nobody is surprised that I'm (laughs) going to mention Skyrim, but this is like, aside from world of Warcraft, Skyrim is the most open world game that I think exists question mark or at least that i've played and enjoyed um it's you could pretty much go anywhere and i'm not talking about modded skyrim either because i haven't even touched on modded skyrim for my own sake 
Um, but I mean, you can climb up the mountains and try to get to the other side, even though you're not really supposed to, you could find a way you can literally go anywhere in that game. Um, I really appreciate the music as well. Uh, everything about the, the graphics, the lighting, the weather changes, you have the animals roaming around, you can hunt them, you cannot hunt them, you can do whatever you want, you can follow the storyline, like the main, main storyline, or you can open a million side quests and stress me out. Uh, or you could spend way too much time building a house and have it get destroyed by a dragon and have to rebuild the house and have it get destroyed by a dragon again because it keeps spawning by your house. That's a totally random example. Not not that it ever happened to me. Um you can murder everyone in a town and render the game absolutely impossible to complete, which a friend of mine did by accident. He <laughs> was just thinking he was going to a town and he was going to kill everybody to see what would happen. And that happened to be one of the towns where I forget if it was like the Brotherhood. It's like there was some major group that lived there and he wound up killing everyone and could not progress the storyline and had to restart the entire game. Um, but that that's sounds like, like a nightmare. Yo, he was so mad about it. But like. That's the kind of stuff that I love because you can literally do whatever you want in this game. That's why um, they invented quick saving. Yeah. Yeah. Quick save, kill everybody, then reload your safe. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, I love dragons. Obviously, everyone should know that at this at this point as well. So the fantasy element was amazing. Um, I appreciate that you could have different horse mounts. <laughs> like it's stupid stuff that really matter to me. Um, and it's heavily inspired by like the folklore of Norway and Iceland. So it feels it's more of like a realistic type fantasy area for me. Um, And it's so good that it's still being talked about. The game is almost 10 years old. So I mean, that has they have it on literally every system at this point. Right. They re-released it on like everything. It's just it's a beautiful game. It's it's great with its bugs and it's weird stuff that happens. The voices like literally everything about this open world game just it's my favorite game ever. I don't think anything will ever top Skyrim for me. Things have come close to it, but it's just, I think it's like a one-of-a-kind game for me. So naturally, I had to list that on my top three. I don't blame you. I mean, there's a reason it's been re-released on every system known to man and is still getting released yeah. here and there. And people are still playing it. Still playing it and still buying it. Yep. All right. Mark, how about you? How about number one for you? Yeah, so uh, number one for me, just so we don't take entire series, is um, I will narrow it down to uh, my favorite open world is uh, in Fallout New Vegas. Um, I absolutely love New Vegas over all the other ones, just because it, it, outside of the obvious that it feels different, and that's because it's done by a different team, you know, it's Obsidian is mm-hmm. involved with it. Um, all the storylines and random things you run into were so much more interesting than anything in three and four. Um, four comes close just because I love my uh, Iron Man uh, power armor <laughs> setup that I made. Um, and then that town spent way too much time setting up that town. And the, and the glitches in four were amazing. Like I said, that one time just happened once. I walked out of the house in that settlement and all of a sudden a, a, an enclave helicopter exploded <laughs> over and crashed outside my town. Like out of no, like, I guess it spawned in the wrong spot and the game just blew it up because yeah. it was there and wasn't supposed to be there. But yeah, we just walked down and just saw like boom and, and <laughs> so I gave you a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. So Fallout 4 comes close, but New Vegas, it just the landscapes are so different because it goes into the desert, it goes to the Hoover Dam, you get the strip, 
you get the mountain range part. Um, there's the cave areas and, you know, on all the different vaults are, are pretty spectacular in terms of, of what you learn about them in the storylines. And the fact that it went back to the original story of being out west with the new California Republic and all that was a nice throwback to the little bit of the first game that I played. Um, but yeah, yeah, in New Vegas, I tried to do the thing. I wonder if it would break like Skyrim, um, where I, try, I tried to stream a little bit of me just going in and murdering every town I went to yeah. and just killing everyone. You can do it in the first town. Like, what you have to do, I found out, is I did the quick save stuff, like Tom mentioned. Um, you have to finish the quest in the town, which is to get the the people to come get the guy that's trapped in the gas station because he's hiding because he escaped from jail or something. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what it was. But you have to get that quest finished so that there's a big attack on the town. Um, and then you can just wipe everyone out at that point. You're supposed to be on one side or the other, but you can just kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I tried to do it with melee weapons only, no guns. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, yeah. New, New Vegas was, I played, that was one of the first games that wasn't a sports game in my life that I played till three o'clock in the morning when I had like work the next day as yeah. an adult. You know, like I was like, I just got to keep going. I got to get through this mountain. And I, God damn butterflies got me again. Or I think there were moths. <laughs> All right, I got to do it again from my save point. Um, but yeah, I have very fond memories of New Vegas. And um, it's one of my it's one of my go to's if everybody ever anybody ever goes, hey, I kind of like fall out a little bit. I played four. I'm like, nope, you got to play New Vegas. And that's why I hope they either re-release it at some point or let Obsidian have another shot at it. Yeah, that'd be great if they re-released it. I haven't played it, but I want to just because of how highly it's rated. Well, I mean, Jen, it's playable on PC at any point, and it's usually like three dollars during these giant sales. So keep an eye out. Okay, that's true. Because, I didn't think of that. Because you can jack it up to as high a, a resolution as you want, and you can do mods and everything else. Cool. Uh, which is the best part about having things on PC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I would recommend that for sure. All right, I guess I will go next. Uh, my favorite open world, I'm going to get yelled at because some might not consider this open world, but I do. It's my show, so <laughs> it's Destiny 1. Uh, the worlds, the fact that you can go to different planets in Destiny and they all have their own living, breathing areas, to me, is incredible. It's not as open as, say, a Skyrim or a Fallout but it's still open enough that you can go do random things and not have to worry about it destroying your game because right. you literally have to start a mission in order for it to be a mission. Um, but I spent so much time just roaming around trying to find little secrets and things and stuff in this game that I, there's no way I can't call it my favorite uh, game like this. Uh, like I said, I know people are going to be upset that, oh, Destiny's Destiny's not an open world game, but it is. It's an open, an open universe game. That's right. Yeah. Got yeah, the whole universe. Yeah, as much as we play just that little bit, they, things just happen when we're walking around in the world. Yeah, you can go you know? wherever you want, you know, within the map. But I could consider that. I actually, honestly, I'm going to get yelled at now, so I'll, I'll take the, the brunt for you here. <laughs> I consider you. that more open world than The Witcher 3. Because The Witcher 3, you can only go so far off the path. Like, you have to still stick to somewhat of a guided area that you're going to. 
um, which was like my one negative about the game. Mm-hmm. But that's that's a different story for another time, you know. Not, so not that not that every sex scene was the exact same shot with just different <laughs> models in it. Yeah, my other gripe was that we never got to see, you know, what was beneath the bubbles. Oh, the bath. so sad. But again, and we'll we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> that was... Oh, that's going to be a great topic. Somehow uh, bring that back. Oh, don't worry. I have another one that will go there too. Okay. Yeah, good. the uh yeah, the uh <laughs> the second time, like the first time in in a storyline that you, you know, have sex in that game. You're like, "Oh, it's pretty cool, you know, they do nice cutaways and make it kind of tasteful and you kind of feel then you like go to the mission where you have to have sex at like a, a brothel and it's the same cut scene. Yeah. Which is a different female model in it. Yeah, you're and like, you're oh, just, okay. oh, okay. Um, so. At least in Cyberpunk, just to finish the point, um, the two sex scenes that I see that I got in it were completely different and were, you know, um, like you could, it was the character focus. Like, this is this way that you would imagine this character would do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and to watch another streamers do it, the other sex scenes. You know, we're the same way. Like, it wasn't like, I think they learned their lesson from Witcher 3 that you can't just swap out body models. Yeah. And have, you know, have it make sense in the story. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how we got to this from Destiny, but. That's my fault. I, I don't know. Somehow we brought up sex scenes after I was trying to, I was trying to get the angry, the angry mob off of Tom by bringing up Witcher. <laughs> and then we just, we just went somewhere with it. What? The fact that it's basically here, I'm going to get yelled at again, but it's basically an MMO. It's basically an open world. It has all open world elements. You can go and discover chests and things all strewn all around the world. And it's random. So to me, it's an open world game. It's my favorite open world game of all time. I spent probably upwards of 200 hours in that game or more. Um, So, yeah. Uh, Destiny, I just love, I love the fact that you can go to different planets and they all have their distinct feel to them. Uh, and they're just, it's just a beautiful game. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's number one for me. All right, Jen, go ahead. What do you got for, what else you got for us? So I feel like we should have taken a poll before this just to see who, what we would guess the other person would say, because you guys are not going to be surprised with my next one either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, my second favorite open world game is Horizon Zero Dawn, which I mentioned a few times already today. Um, right. This game is definitely different than Skyrim, but there are similar elements in it um, that I love. So there's definitely a pattern with me. Um, obviously, it's another super, super open world game where you can pretty much go wherever you want and do whatever you want. Um, a little bit less open world than Skyrim. Um, I really enjoyed the post-apocalyptic tribal vibe mixed with the very technical like machine monsters element to it. Um, it was very unique. I've never really been uh, super into mech before. Like I liked Zoids when I was like super into anime and I never really got into Gundam that much. And I don't know, like it was, it was there and it wasn't there for me growing up when I was really into anime, but there's just something Zoids. about this game. Yeah. What? I, for- I forgot about Zoids. <laughs> that was a blast from the past. Right? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Zoids was great. But I don't know, there, there's just something about the uniqueness behind this game. And then, of course, the storyline, the voice acting, the music is amazing. I have the soundtrack on my phone. Like, it's a beautiful soundtrack. The graphics are just over the top gorgeous. Everything is super pretty. Well done. The, the colors. 
Um, again, I'm going to bring up weather in this game is really great. The frozen wilds, like going through the frozen wilds, we mentioned this when we were talking about our favorite like wintry games yeah. to play. You feel like you're in the frozen wild. It just so it's so cold. Like it, they just do such a great job portraying how freaking cold the fruit. Sorry, the frozen wilds are. Um, but it's just it's such a well done game in every aspect for me. The only the only slight downside that I discovered was the whole body model thing. Yeah. They would use the same body but like switch the heads out sometimes and you could tell because they had two different skin tones um or people would there was something with Aloy and one of the other main female characters where depending on what skins they were wearing Aloy had abs but then like the other character also had the same exact abs as Aloy sometimes like people would pick on it but I mean other than that the the game was just a masterpiece Mark and I actually did like a two-hour review on Horizon Zero Dawn way back in the day um it's just I would highly recommend this game for anyone that wants to try an open world um, or, you know, up to anyone that loves open world games. It's just it's a beautifully done game. It, again, it's very unique, gorgeous, amazing. Can't get enough of it. And I'm excited for the second one, obviously. Getting it on PC, of course, right? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Not even a question. We've done it. We turned her into a PC gamer. We did it. You turned me into a PC gamer and a keyboard mouse gamer. That's oh, important. Man. That's important. I'm, to- I'm so proud. So proud. <laughs> all grown up. I am all grown up. <laughs> all right, Mark. What else you got? Yeah. So um, again, I'm going to take from a pretty big um, series. Um, for for some reason, and it's probably why it's been so successful for them. Um, I absolutely loved uh, GTA V Open World. Um, better than the other ones. Um, I would have, if you would have asked me about, what would it be, two, three months ago, Tom, uh, mm-hmm. which one was my favorite, I would have said Vice City, but then I saw you play Vice City, and I played Vice City again. And you remembered. And I was like, nope, mm-hmm. it's not, <laughs> nope, not, it. not as good. And it's not, not as good as I remember it. Should have stayed in my memory bank uh-huh. instead of being played again. <laughs> um, but uh, just the just the sheer uh insanity that you can cause and it being much more realistic than any other gta game um made it made it fun to me like i would just have fun sometimes for like 10 minutes just doing the run around and just punching people like sprint across the street and just full on full speed just punch them um and then the chaos that ensues when you do that in the crowd (laughs) that's Um, how my brother plays by the way he just attacks people was just fun um (laughs) i think that's how everybody starts off yeah you gotta do it i I had more fun doing that than the shooting and getting the stars up and stuff like that. Um, just because it was so dumb. Like, especially if you were um, the the balding guy. I forget his name. Oh, Trevor. Um, I forget his name, too. Trevor. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, it would just look insane. It'd just be this balding guy with stringy hair and dirty clothes He's just so sprinting at someone and <laughs> punching him in the middle of L.A. Which probably makes the most sense. Yeah, it probably happens a lot of L.A. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the cars felt good. The, the, the different environments felt, you know, um, well done. Um, I was hoping that, um, you know, it was, I wish it would have been like what they did for four. That's the only thing I miss is that it's kind of realistic to what LA looks like, you know, but it's more of an, a, a sort of a mix up between that and, you know, a little bit of San Francisco mixed mm. in and stuff like that. Um, but, like, I wish they would do an ultra-realistic, like, six 
just have it set in New York and just make it almost yeah. realistic. Or you could to find the, like yeah, what, like can, places where you yeah, because because Watch Dogs Two does a real good job with San Francisco where they almost have it down to the block. That's amazing. Um, it's not like um, it's not like Watch uh, not Watch Dogs um, Division where it's in New York City and even have the streets and a- avenues and all that, but they like skip a bunch. Mm-hmm. Like you'll be running, it'll be like 34th and 8th, and then all of a sudden you get to a corner, it's like 42nd and 7th. Which would be great if that happened in real, real life, life walking yeah. through the city. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> portal. Yeah. It was just, I think that's the only thing that I missed was, you know, it not being as to scale. And maybe I don't really want it to scale. I just think I do. Yeah. You want um, like the like Times Square and like, yeah, yeah. All the big just, stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff. but yeah. that'd be cool. But yeah, if there's ever a game where I can sprint across Central Park and punch someone in the face, then <laughs> I will. I will absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, um, which which will lead me lead you into my number one or final one when we get to that. Well, um, it's I think it's leading into my number two. So <laughs> so it's probably the same one. Well, maybe not. My number two is Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, I never played the <laughs> never. <heard. laughs> Should we tell this story real quick that the Mark hates Red Dead Redemption 2 because of one stupid thing that happened to him? Yep, I finally got a perfect pelt. Then, oh yes. Then got then got then got um ambushed by the O'Donnells or whatever the hell their name is. Yeah. And they killed me and the autosave did not keep my perfect pelt. That and happened to me too. I shut it off and uninstalled the game. Wow. <laughs> Mark, rage, Mark Rage quit so hard that he uninstalled the game and never played it again. That's never. He has to this day has not. It took me entirely too long to get that perfect pelt (laughs) and I needed it for an upgrade. And uh, no, I have I have undue patience with games, (laughs) but it was like if it was my fault, fine. If I was being an idiot and was like, oh, there seems to be some people and horses over here. I'm going to go shoot them and see what happens. And then I lost it. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll try it again. But no, it was like literally I was like outside of town. Like the the encampment, like literally probably right before you go into the woods mm-hmm. and that guard standing there I was probably like 600 yards from that area. And they just popped out of nowhere. And then, uh, yeah, so, that's why I quit. So but, yeah. the reason Mark hates this game is the reason I love it, because it's so unpredictable. Uh, you can run into the O'Driscolls or whatever their name. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, rules or, <laughs> oh, yeah. Odoyle. Odoyle rules. Uh, but you could run into them. You could run into random people that are trying to rob you. Um, you can try to rob anybody you see. Uh, you can hunt. You can fish. You can. I mean, you could do anything. And the the setting itself is beautiful. The music in this game just goes perfectly with this open open space um i mean we have a friend anthony who (laughs) runs the uh they call this a movie podcast he literally would just turn the game on for hours not accomplish anything and be fine with it Mm -hmm. now me i'd have a heart attack that i played three hours and i didn't do anything but for him that was what he wanted to do but go pet some dog all right you go pet some pet some doggos Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's really all you need to do in that game, right? You collect wild horses and you get to name them and like tame them and stuff. I totally yep. didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Nope. Why not. would you? Uh, but yeah, just the fact that like it it gives you random encounters. That's usually something you don't have in a open world game like that. 
in a at least in a western style open world game because i played the first um the first red dead and there was not nearly as many things to do in that game granted it was a ps3 and xbox 360 game Mm -hmm. but it it they took that world and expanded on it immensely which is funny because it's a prequel spoiler alert um but yeah the fact that you you can continually discover things after the game is over is yeah. is really interesting to me and i always enjoy being able to pick a put a game back in and just go around and explore and find things that you you know otherwise never would have bothered to look for yeah uh, and people keep finding stuff there's i mean it's one of those things where people will continue to find things in the game probably for the next you know 5 10 years and i love that yeah it's a really nice element that developers put into that game, for sure. Okay, so I guess I'll close out my top three. Yeah. Um, I went in, in order of, like, number one was Skyrim, number two is Horizon. So my number three open world game was Breath of the Wild. This is okay. a game that I was actually on the fence about playing because I wasn't sure how I would appreciate this, the the animation style of the game, I guess I could say. Um I've said this already too, but like I'm definitely very picky when it comes to the style of games and the graphics. And at first I was looking at it and I thought it was a little bit too cartoony looking for me. Um, but at the time I was talking to you guys about Zelda and which games I should start with. And I wanted to get into the series. So I figured obviously I'm going to try it out and it had rave reviews. And I'm so glad that I did because I put in hundreds of hours in this game. Um, just everything about it looks so good. Like, the colors in the game, they're bright, but they're not bright, like, where it's hurting your eyes after a while. It's just it's so beautifully done. I'll say the color stories, because my artist sister would appreciate me saying it that way. <laughs> um, but again, like, the different weather effects, when you're when you're in the places where it's super cold, like, they make it apparent. It's freezing. And when you're by, like, the lava, it's super hot. And the music in that game is is amazing and complements everything really well. The lighting, it's just, it's it's beautiful. Um, you can go wherever you want. And one of the best parts is I played Breath of the Wild after I'd played a few other Zelda games. So I could appreciate the fact that it still embodies the the heart and soul of the Zelda series. Um, and it's, it is, it's an open world game. You can jump off a cliff. It's not like the game is going to try to stop you. Which I appreciate sometimes, except when I didn't mean to jump off a cliff. But, you know, you can you can die by accident. You can run into a random enemy. You can literally start the game and, like, ten minutes in, you can go to the final boss if you want. Like, the final battle. If you, if you choose to. Like, the game literally puts it in your hands right from the start. And it's like, alright, do whatever you want. Um, and obviously you learn the correct way of going about things pretty quickly. But um, I just, I can't stress enough how amazingly beautiful this game is. And again, especially if you like Zelda games, um, I would I would definitely recommend this to somebody. Um, I'm excited for the the second one to come out. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's a beautiful, really fun game. It's a great list. Not many surprises from you. No, none. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. All right, Mark, what uh, what is your last one? Yeah. So. Um... The great thing about doing this podcast um, in the same room as, as Miss Rossi Foxy here um, <laughs> is that I got the I could see the preview of her list, so I did not want to mention Zelda at all. Um, <laughs> not that the the ones I would mention aren't technically open. I don't think Link to the Past could technically be an open world game, just because it's um, 
you have to go to certain point. You know, it's 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 a dungeon crawler more than anything. Um, but um, yeah, uh, my final one um, is a game where you uh, travel around a uh, Japanese town um, and you can do whatever you want in it for long periods of Jade time. Jade Empire. Just kidding. <laughs> and you. Uh, can go anywhere. You can even play old video games in it. Oh, yes. And you can do it. And uh, it's uh, surprisingly uh, not made by Yu Suzuki. I am talking about Yakuza Zero. <laughs> Threw everybody for a loop there. Yakuza, <laughs> uh, Yakuza Zero, however you want to pronounce um, that word for the Japanese mafia, who's probably going to kill me when I leave now for mispronouncing <laughs> it wrong. Um, I. Zero, it's it's one of the rare games where they put this out as basically it was like the penultimate game of the series for like, um, you know, uh, it, you know, it showed it told the origin story of, um, you know, two of the characters um, instead of, you know, doing it in the beginning or doing what Resident Evil did where they went to zero, you know, a little bit. But uh, the, my favorite part about it is that, you know. Komorocho and I think it's Osaka is the other one when you're playing, you know, um, with Kiryu and, and Mijima, uh, Mijima, um, they're just so vastly different towns and it's such a, such a, uh, transition from, um, the first couple ones where that was mostly Komorocho, um, because they were limited from being on PS2 and, and PS3, um, to how, how expansive they can be. And it's another one of those games where you can just walk around and all of a sudden just start fighting people and you beat the crap out of them and nobody cares. <laughs> um, the, the town around, it's a little different than GTA. Like everyone around does not care after you beat these six or seven men. You never kill them. Um, they all end up groaning uh, on the sidewalk <laughs> at the end of the fight. Um, but yeah, the, my favorite part is a little bit more why I tease the, the Shenmue stuff is that you can play some old video games um, in it, which is pretty cool. Um, and my favorite part about Zero in particular is that they kept it time period um, appropriate, like because it was the 80s in Japan. So it wasn't like you're sitting there and you'd go play Virtual Fighter 5 or even Virtual Fighter. You know, it was, you know, hang, uh, you know, those games. I think it was Hang On and I think it did have Space Harrier, you know. The games that would have been out at that time um, in those arcades. Um, and they even make a reference to Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior um, in one of the story missions. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I like the idea. And the great thing about Zero and Six in particular um, is that the technology got so good that you could basically go into any building that was there. You know, like it wasn't like designated things had openings like, you know. There wasn't like a, a designated, um, you know, convenience store. You know, if there was a convenience store on the map that they put there, you could go into it. it might sell the same thing as every other convenience store. That's so cool. Um, and there's a, and they have a, a famous Japanese, um, like uh, I guess the equivalent would be like I guess like a Target or a Walmart here or something, mm -hmm. but a lot smaller scale because uh, things in in Japan are like that. Um, called Don Quixote's which I think is actually a, you know, a, a, a brand over there, or used to be a brand in the 80s. Um, and it's just like this real big fancy place you go into. Um, but yeah, you can, you, 
uh, unlike some games in in the past in the series where you go in, you walk into a restaurant, it just you walk in the door and it pops up a menu. You actually go inside, or it's like a little um, like walk up counter, or it's or it's a street vendor, and you actually see the food being cooked and all that um, stuff, and you can eat anywhere. It doesn't really do anything for you. I don't think there's many things that really pump up your stats or anything. It's just, hey, I want to go do this. Um, yeah. I want to buy this place, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, those games are cool just because they're they're insane, and it's not not the time period setup where the funny thing. I'll bring up Shenmue because I don't think either uh, you're going to mention it, Tom. But um, the fun thing about Shenmue and how much ahead of his time Yu Suzuki was, um, even though that game's not great in the least bit when you go back to it, um, is that literally if all you did all day was just go out and play video games and then go home and sleep, there was a point where the game would just end. Yep, that, <laughs> like, because you, you had lost at that point. Yeah, the guy that you were chasing after had left. So just over. Done. You know, game over, you know, and it takes a while to get there. But, you know, you know, you had to you he built a thing into the game where you you could lose by just not playing the game. You know, like like it wasn't like one of those where they force you into it. Um, Persona does that sometimes um, where they they have to cut off a lot shorter persona. You can do it on persona as well if you. Um, and I didn't mention those because I don't consider that open world because you can only <clears throat> you can go into every place and do a lot of stuff, but you you can only do one or two activities a day. So it's not like you can go around and just bounce around and do a bunch of stuff in a day. It's it's like set activities. So as much as it might be an open world, it, it doesn't have the freedom. Um, but, you know, in 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 there, if you don't complete the dungeon by a certain time, the game ends. But that could be the first dungeon, so it's only like eight hours into the game. Shamu, you can play for 40 hours, and then all of a sudden the game ends, and really you'd have to start over, just because wherever your save was probably wasn't you're, early enough for you to play the already, game in the time period. Yeah. You're already screwed at that point. Yeah. There's no going back. Yeah, and they also, um, and not to turn this into a Shamu portion, but the one great thing that Shamu did ahead of its time was by using date. They actually changed the world, considering the dates. Mm-hmm. Like as you got closer to Christmas, the towns, the the main area that you would run in, go into, would start having Christmas lights up. There'd be people dressed as Santa, cool. you know. And then once that was over, those people went away. Like it wasn't. It was like for a game in like on the Dreamcast in 2000, you know, a little bit ahead of its time, which is why a lot of the stuff broke on it, and it was a very boring game. Um, and the reason that the only thing people remember about the plot of that first game is looking for sailors, um, you know, is because everything else around that outside of that open world was just broken. Yeah. But uh, Yakuza is like the the uh, the next in line. Like, that's the realized version of what they wanted to do with Shenmue um, or or what he usually probably wanted to do. Um, but, yeah, I'd recommend starting with Zero and then going through the remasters. Um, rather than try and play it on original software, um, just because pri- playing a PS2 game with an open world like that is just frustrating. So, yeah. and plus Zero has the two most fun mini games that I played, where one of them you're a real estate um, agent, essentially buying a property and stuff, and you know upgrading and doing stuff like that, um, which, which is fun because you, um, you know, as you upgrade things, you can hire and fire people, and you know. Um, 
it's sadly, you know, you find a way to kick homeless people off your 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 properties and stuff. You know, like, you know, they, they really get into what 1980s Japanese commercial real estate would be. Right. And then the other one, you 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 run a hostess bar, <laughs> you know, and the girls have prettiness ratings and, you know, your Lord, like, you know, um, and how good they were con- like socially. And you could it wasn't like so much the prettiest girl would be the best. You'd have to find the one that matched, you know, so it could be like a, a a pretty girl, but not a gorgeous girl. But she had a really good personality so that the people want to see her more, you know, because hostess bars, for those who don't know, is essentially like they just sit and drink with you where you pay them a lot of money to do it. Yeah. Um, so just balancing that and the meters and stuff. And it was sort of like a you had to go to each table if there was a problem and figure out like run. it's it's actually a pretty good minigame. Um but yeah, yeah, it has everything I want in an open world where you can go into as many buildings as possible. You can do stupid shit in terms of playing, you know, there's there's gachapon machines where you like yeah. in like in Shemu where you put the quarter in and you just get something stupid. Yeah. Um there's even a uh a game where you play those uh, electric cars, Tom, the little mini ones. Mm-hmm. They go around a the track. There's actually you can level wow. up and become a master champion of that. Um, it's, I would spend it, all my time doing that. Yeah, so it's you buy better cars and better things, and it's <laughs> a whole thing. Um, like a lot of things in Yakuza, it's a whole thing um, that you can just do to to distract and not do the story. Um, but the story's there, and that's what makes it better in Shenmue, and the reason why it's on my list. That sounds good. Awesome. All right, I guess I will do my last one, and then we'll get on to Retro Roulette. So my last one, I'm going to get yelled at again. I don't care. Just yeah, because... What's that? I said I can't save you this time. I already, I already uh, wasted my uh, Witcher thing. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I appreciate, I appreciate the help. But my fate, what I guess my third favorite is uh, Forza Horizon Two. It is an open world racing game. Yes, folks. Yeah. Tom's talking about racing games. <laughs> uh, so, I, Forza Horizon Two was like the first, was the first Forza Horizon on the Xbox One. And I was just blown away by this game because I had not played the original. Uh, but this was like the first Forza, like a first racing game you could like squad up with people. And, you know, there was different objectives you could do where there was like speed cameras and jumps and all kinds of other stuff you could do around the world. And the world was, uh, Forza Horizon 2 was um, England? Yes, it was is it England or France? I can't remember. Uh, but it was like the whole area. It must have been France. Yes. Horizon 2 was France. Then it was Australia. Then it was England. So it was like the whole country of France on this map. And you could just drive. You could drive. You don't have to drive on roads. You can drive wherever you want. They had collectibles. They had special cars you could find. I mean, it was super immersive. And it just happened to be at a time where I could I, I had the the time to play with other people, which made the experience that much better. Like my brother and a couple other people had the game, too. And we we just we would just play this game and not not actually do anything. Just drive around and do stupid stuff and record it because you could at the time. You could just tell your Xbox because they all had to have a connect to record what you just did Uh and it was just it was just fun. It was like being a kid again to me. And it was just an open world adventure where I could do a race if I wanted to, or I could do, you know, 
stupid jumps off of gigantic cliffs. The game's not going to stop me. I could do it over and over and over again. So, yep. Uh, I really enjoyed that one. And if you haven't played a, for- if you're a racing game fan and you have not played a Forza Horizon, I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's way better than the newer Need for Speed titles and and Drive Club and things like that. Uh, so go check that out. That was a lot of fun. There's a lot of open world games and we talked a ton about them. Yeah, it's it's okay, Tom. Not not all of us play Burnout Paradise. And Listen, Mark, I just bought Burnout Paradise Remastered because it was $5 <laughs> on an EA sale. <laughs> I just bought Burnout. I bought Burnout in the last three Need for Speed games. I, even though I just said that they're not as good. I just bought them all because they were cheap and they were on they were on super sale and, for this Lunar New Year or whatever. Yeah. And and you can only play Burnout Paradise the way it was meant to be played. Uh, with the song Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne playing on repeat Listen, <laughs> while you're driving. I didn't mention that, but that's another thing about the Forza Horizon series is they have uh, radio stations. Yeah. So you can pick what radio station you want to listen to. So you're not stuck with the same four songs over and over and over. So that's <laughs> no. Burnout Paradise has a lot of songs. You can I just know. go in and turn them all off and just have only <laughs> Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne playing constantly. And I would shoot myself in the face, I think, if I if, <laughs> if I actually did that. But I do plan on playing all of those at some point. So I have I have Burnout Paradise installed on yeah, one of will, my PCs. You you will like Paradise if you like Horizon. Yeah, for sure. I think I I I agree with you, and I can't wait to report back on it. But anyway, uh, enough about those old games. Let's talk about the old game we all played this week. And that is The Legend of Dragoon for the PlayStation 1 for a retro roulette game. So this was a Japanese RPG that Sony themselves put out in 1999. They saw the success of Final Fantasy VII and the upcoming Final Fantasy VIII, and they were like, hey, we could totally do that for ourselves. Um, and they decided, hey... Uh, let's just take elements of Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII, stick them together, and make a game out of it. Mm. Pretty much, at least that's what that's to me at the time. That's uh, that's what it felt like. Uh, but it's a very unique battle system, and I think that uh, really lends itself to the game. Uh, and I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. Um, let's start with Mark because he's played a lot of uh, RPGs where the battle system is different. He's played he, he's playing one right now where that's a much different battle system. I'm curious to see what you think about this game, Mark. Yeah, so I pr- I may have played the least out of all of us here um, in, in terms of the game itself, but I think I played enough to uh, and watched you um, to kind of get it. it. One of the things about the rhythm combat that it kind of uh, reminded me of, a little mix of, um, and I don't know if, if you play it longer, it, it changes and gets more complex and and separates itself from these but it gave me a lot of vibes of the timing system for like something like a paper mario or super mario rpg Mm -hmm. um in terms of of doing that and it reminded me a lot of lost odyssey on on 360 um i haven't played lost odyssey in a few years to see if it's almost the same it felt like it was almost the same combat and i wonder if there's any crossover in terms of developers with that um, but, um, yeah, the, the whole storyline felt very, um, we saw this was successful. Let's make this story the same sort of vibe or the mm. look at the characters. 
um, the same, which is probably why I, as much as it should be in my repertoire of games that I've played and beaten, probably would be one I would bounce off hard now, um, just because of the sheer fact that it's so similar to everything else I've played. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why I liked Wild Arms, and I'm really liking Trails in the Sky. Um, just because um, as much as they have a lot of the elements, it's not it's not exactly the same. I think I think it has more to do, and maybe you two agree with me, has a lot to do with the look, that it looks like a lot of those games, um, more so than if they were a bunch of chibi characters, you know, doing the same yeah. thing, I would be okay with it. Mm-hmm. But with them having the same models that made them look like FFA characters, which is my least favorite Final Fantasy, um, uh, or, or even close to some of the seven models, um, and uh, it just... Yeah, it, it. I got enough of it from playing and watching you, and like I said, with all the other games, I got to watch and you know, being responsibilities of being you know uh, a person in their in their thirties. Um, <laughs> it was a game that isn't different enough to keep my curiosity up. I um, understand uh, that that I probably wouldn't play through it. Um, the the RPGs that I play now are all different, and I will play at games in that series, even though they're probably pretty similar. Um, like it, I, the two series I play most at every game that I can try and play, um, you know, being persona and, and, uh, uh the Tales series, the tales of series. Mm. Uh, but I, I like those for different reasons. Persona has the whole, you know, a relationship, uh, social link thing and, uh, tales of, you get to dress up your characters in weird, uh, dumb costumes that stay, um, through the cutscenes which is amazing and makes me pissed off that they won't let you take screenshots on the PS4 version. Um, Cause there's some <laughs> scenes where uh, this one character is doing this really um, mean scene, but I ha- like uh, I, like really um, like yelling at somebody or getting angry and they're wearing these like novelty uh, anime mean, mean eyeglasses. Um, and it just, it's just real dumb. But yeah, I think going back to, to Legend of Dragoon, um, I think if I would have played it back when it came out, I probably would have stuck with it, um, being that really my first foray into uh, JRPGs, like understanding what was going on um, was with seven, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, and then eight, nine, or no, eight, ten, and then this would have been in that time frame. I went back to nine after ten and found out, oh, this was probably my favorite of the three ps1s um you know and then i played six and was like oh it was much better back then um it's just now um i think uh, i'm more curious um you know from uh uh, jen's perspective here um in terms of the game uh just because she probably played a little bit longer than me and maybe don't have the experience of those weird outlying rpgs that i know me and you have um you know for games like lost odyssey which i don't know if many people really know about um, it's a, it's a, actually a two disc, um, or maybe even more than that, uh, 360 game, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a well done game for the time period, but you know, something that didn't really, you know, move the needle for me. So yeah, fair uh, enough. You want me to go next? Yeah. Yes, I would. So I'll start by saying what you said, how it reminded you a lot of Final Fantasy seven and other things where you feel like you wouldn't 
want to continue playing through it. That's a hundred percent what I felt as well. <laughs> Plus I feel like you guys would murder me if I didn't play through final fantasy seven and then started another <laughs> RPG, <laughs> well, especially would. this Tom one. Would. Yeah. Yeah. Tom would, would kill me. <laughs> Considering um, how far you made it into final fantasy seven. Yeah, I would. I didn't get to punch a train or something, right? That's no, six. That's, that's, oh. that's you get six. to suplex a train. Oh, okay. Then I'm totally, see, I have too many RPGs already. But anyway, <laughs> So my first note that I wrote was that it reminded me of Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> um, shocker. It's a yeah. shocker there. I know, I know. It's really, a, it's really a hot take, that opinion. But um, <laughs> so, you know, to me, I, I enjoyed the game for what it was for, for the time that I played. I, I probably played about, I would say about an hour or so. And I didn't get as far as you did in an hour, Tom, because I kind of got like lost or like took my time going walking around places just to make sure I wasn't missing anything because I didn't have my guides mm-hmm. with me <laughs> so it's like I can't miss anything um so like you know it has your I like the towns have the shops and the NPCs and dungeon battles like you know it's just like a typical RPG um I know I said this on stream when I was watching you but when I got to the uh it's like the dungeon over the water and it kind of looked like you're going through a cave and there's like a river going through the cave. It totally reminded me of what I imagined our first D&D campaign yeah. experience to look like in my head. So I enjoyed it so much more just because of that, which is dumb. It's just me. Um, but that was just something <laughs> dumb I wanted to mention. Um, I I always appreciate uh, the elements being brought into a storyline, too, although that for somebody is probably like really cringy and like, oh, my God again with the whole element thing but how all the characters have a different element that they're born with power wise for me that never gets old i don't know why um i like how the games start out with action right away um and it helped you learn the battle system which really wasn't that complicated at least it wasn't when i started Uh, as far as i got into the game it didn't seem super complicated i'll get into Um, that more yeah I find it hilarious how um, Dart, like in the beginning, he just will turn around and then his character like dashes away. It, <laughs> I just found that funny um, when he's upset or he's like he's running from the dragon at one point. Um, also, I was really glad that it had dragons, which brings me to my first negative. Why do they look like lobsters? Yeah, the dragons are so creepy. <laughs> I don't know why they they're just the weirdest looking dragons I've ever seen. Yeah in a video game in that game i don't know why they almost look like um what's that movie that dan hates because they lift the the giant mech <laughs> by the airplanes pacific rim. pacific rim they look like the pacific rim monsters they don't look like for some reason to the i can never remember the name of that movie i don't know why but they look like pacific rim monsters they don't look like dragons the, i don't know whatever anyway um that bothered me a little bit but i didn't really have negatives really um i guess the the whole story about how you know Dart's town burns down and then he's out for vengeance like that's definitely overdone but considering when the game came out maybe it's not really fair to hold that against it because maybe it really wasn't so overdone at that point you know um, yeah I'm I'm pretty sure like it's one of those things where you you can go you you can look at it now and say oh it's so cliche right. or whatever but I don't think at the time it was a cliche yet I think it right. was still pretty new. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like I said, I didn't really find any negatives. Um, I got as far as I think it was Helena. I put it down because I'm pretty sure that's what it was in my notes mm. here. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it was it was good for what it was. I, again, agree with Mark. I wouldn't 
continue my playthrough of it just because again, I don't want you to kill me <laughs> for starting another <laughs> RPG because then they're just going to start meshing in my head and weird things are going to start happening. So I, I enjoyed it for what it was for playing it on uh, for retro roulette. And I'll think I'll move on beyond it. I'll say that much. Okay. I mean, that's fair too. I'm, I, at this point, now that we're talking about it, you just need to continue your Final Fantasy VII playthrough. That'll <laughs> make me happy. I play like 15 games. Well, considering you you made it pretty far in that game, considering... Yeah, that's true. You, I did make it pretty far. I did commit to it for a while there. And you have a save file, I'm sure, if you still have the laptop. You can get that onto a new, a new thing. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, I have beaten this game. This is one of the games I've actually beaten... Uh, that we're talking about on this stream on this podcast. Uh, so the battle system does get way more complicated later. I mean, not way more, but it's just it'll it'll you'll get more and more uh, um more and more uh, chances to hit. Like in the beginning, it's just once you can okay. just hit the one time. Towards the end, it's like seven, and during those seven like uh, hits you can get countered. So it, at some point you have, it'll, it'll show up red with a big red square and you'll have to hit circle in order to, to not get hit by the enemy. So it does add a little more, uh, concentration to the battle system. You can't just like, Oh, it's, it's a, it's a battle. I'm just going to auto battle. You can't right. do that in this game. Um, so that later on in the game, Finding a heal point or a heal slash save point really it really allows you to grind, and this game needs you to grind. It's towards the end it, you definitely need to grind more. In the beginning, you could get away with not grinding a whole lot, but towards the end, you absolutely have to grind levels and grind out your additions, uh, which I didn't mention. That's what they're called. Uh, your attacks are called additions, and you can unlock more and more as you go through the story. And they actually level up the more you hit them perfectly. Um, so in the beginning, you kind of want to level up the additions as much as you can as you get them, mm-hmm. and try to um, try to master them. So the because the more you do it, the the more like bonuses you get towards your attack uh, attack points and stuff. Something I didn't know until way too late in the game is that the those items you pick up like the burnout and uh all of those things that have elemental magic powers if you use a character with a high magic stat to when you're using it they do way more damage i did not know that until like the end of the game because i was watching some video and the guy's like oh yeah you want to if the person with the highest magic stat you want to use all of these all these items and i was like you've got right. to be kidding me <laughs> another issue i have with the game is the item management you guys did not run into that because you didn't get nearly far enough but no. you only have 32 spots and it does not change it's wow. that's the old that's all of the slot item slots you have throughout the whole game and you have to constantly manage luckily um uh equipment doesn't go towards that that's it's good. not like sweeping in where equipment counts towards that number it's luckily separate thank god otherwise it would have been an <laughs> absolute nightmare but you only get 32 item slots so you have to constantly make sure 
you have enough healing items, you have enough uh, attack items, and I'm pretty sure there were items I had in my pack for the whole game, and I just never used them because I didn't know how or why to use them mm-hmm. until I read stuff about it or watched a video. I like I can't imagine playing this game without a strategy. Um, yeah. Just for the mere fact that there's so many missable things and yep. special things you that are not you you if you didn't know they were there you would never find them because um, there's things called stardust that you can collect throughout the game and they'll give you special items and armor and stuff throughout the game if you have enough of this stardust but if you didn't know like that stardust existed you could go through the whole game without collecting any. Because it's it's never obvious that it's there. Wow, so, that's annoying. It was one of the more annoying things about the game. Yeah. But other than I mean, other than that, the battle system personally really keeps you on your toes, and it makes you get better at the game. Like if you take time off the game and come back, you could be terrible at it for a good ten minutes trying to relearn the rhythm of each attack. Just because some of the attacks are so long, you have to make sure you hit them exactly right, or else you don't get the full experience or the full damage out of it yeah i feel like i'm just ranting about this but anyway it's a great game personally it's it's one of those uh you either love it or you're just kind of eh about it which mm-hmm. i think we're kind of all over the all over the place with with yeah. what we all think about it yeah <laughs> uh i feel like if you guys got further on you'd understand more of the issues that i had as opposed to the the early goings. The early goings is a lot of fun, which is one of the reasons I have the game, because I bought it because I, I saw a guy who looked like Cloud on the front of it with spiky blonde hair and a giant sword, and I was like, oh, that that's that looks cool. I like, I like RPGs now, so I'm going to buy it. And I've had it since 1999 or whatever, 2000, when it was going on sale for $5 at places and they couldn't get rid of copies which we talked about on stream. If you want to go back and watch that, it's on YouTube. <laughs> All right. Enough ranting. What are we giving this for a score? Yeah. Mark, go uh, ahead. Yeah. So I'll give it uh, for what I played. I'll give it a three out of five. Um, just for the sheer fact that um, being a little bit derivative of, of previous games, knocks it down a few points for me. I never really like timing systems um, in combat. The only reason it really works in a Paper Mario or a... Um, no, I don't even like in Lost Odyssey, before I say that. But the only reason it really works in a Paper Mario is because you have to have a reason why Mario just can't jump on the Goombas and squash them, um, you know, to make that game work. Um, so I can deal with it there. But it's a good enough uh, game where, um, you know, it's not it's not unplayable. It just wasn't my cup of tea um in my current gaming mindset okay i mean that's totally fair and this is a really old rpg where things are not they're not as they should be now i guess i you could say uh jen how about you um so i'm also giving it a three out of five uh i said most of i guess most of how i felt about it already i definitely didn't find it boring it just wasn't anything that impressed me enough to want to keep playing like i said also because uh, I have two RPGs in <laughs> that I haven't finished. <laughs> um, I, again, like you already said, the battle system gets a lot more complex. I liked how simple it was starting out. So, I mean, it's a nice, um, 
I don't want to say trap because that sounds really harsh, but like I, I appreciate that it starts you out easy and I guess it kind of builds you up to more advanced where um, you have some like Final Fantasy games that I've played where it's just like, here's the battle system all crazy right away. And you have oh, to like, yeah. you know, sink or swim for a while until you, you get better at it. So I appreciated that. Um, I actually also liked the graphics considering when it came out, it looked pretty good. Um, and I liked the story art of the characters. I do not like the story art of the characters in Suikoden. <laughs> they look very weird. I don't like it. Sorry. Um, but in this game, they, they I like the I like the style that they took with the art. Um, it's stupid things like that that matter to me. Um, I would recommend it to someone who enjoyed Final Fantasy VII or Suikoden, but is looking for something else to play. Uh, that's very similar, I guess. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I would say. Three out of five. I didn't hate it. I didn't enjoy it. I was just like, you know, meh. It was fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, people are arguing any surprise, but I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm pretty much, I'm going to uh, mirror what everybody else is saying, pretty much. It is a good game, but it is very derivative. Uh, at the time when I bought it, I wanted it to be derivative. That makes sense. I I wanted it to be like Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. And I still, I'm still all right with it being like Final Fantasy VII. I'm not really upset about it i like the battle system a lot uh like i said i like that it keeps you on your toes and it's not just a a simple press a or press x to win um like some rpgs can be so i would highly recommend it to someone who needs an rpg that you know the story is not super important like it or you're just interested in something where there's lots of battles and you can transform into these super dragoon things which i wish you guys would have gotten to see maybe i'll load up a, a like a save towards the end so you can see what you actually turn into um but i i do think that as you progress you grow with the characters the character the characters do grow on you as well and um yeah it looks great on emulation i think i mentioned that on stream but if you emulate this game it makes it look about a hundred times better because it's very blocky on the PS one and playing it on emulation with a much higher resolution will definitely make it look better and make it more playable. I feel like for someone in 2021. Yep. All right. This, I feel like this episode is never ending. (laughs) (laughs) So let's spin the wheel and get us on out of here. Okay, this week we're playing Diddy Kong Racing for the N64. Nice. Oh, you mean you mean better Mario Kart? <laughs> I know you're all surprised because it's a racing game from mm-hmm. Tom. Shocking. It's so <laughs> shocking. I'm so sorry. I feel like we play a racing game every other every other show. Well, we are point. taking the games from your catalog. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's fair. It, they, these are my games. It's not like we're, I'm just picking every game at random. So right. I guess it makes sense. But yeah, Diddy Kong Racing. I don't know that I've ever beaten Diddy Kong Racing because I didn't own it as a kid. So this should be fun. It'll be different for me, at least. Uh, I, Jen, I think you're the one that has most experience with this game. Nope, I've never played it. You've never played Diddy <laughs> no. Kong Racing? Um, All right. Michelle, I believe, has. My friend Michelle. Okay. That might be, I think we were talking about it on my stream. That might be how it got brought up, honestly. Okay. Maybe you also might be thinking of Dan. I don't know. Maybe Dan has played it. It's possible. 
but he loves Donkey Kong Country, so yeah, he loves Donkey Kong in general. Yeah, I I wonder why, as I sit here and look at a Kong Skull Island poster, (laughs) larger than life movie poster. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm glad we're going to be playing something that none of us really have much background in. Yeah, and uh, by the way, my joke is just a an internet joke about Diddy Kong Racing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just calling it better no. Mario Kart. <laughs> yeah, it should this should be fun though. This is Conker's first uh first thing that he showed up in. So, yeah. that's one of its claims to fame. Before he had his bad fur day. That's right. <laughs> bad fur day. So I will be playing this on stream tonight, if you're listening to this when it comes out. Uh, and uh, I think I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we have a ton of stuff coming up. So, Mark, do you want to let everybody know what uh, what's going on in the world of the main Damey family of podcasts? Yeah, so uh, our D&D podcast, Stranger Damies, um, uh, we're going to have something airing every Wednesday. Um, so we um, are have our, by the time you listen to this, we have our first two characters. Uh, Ant and Dan's characters have already aired and My World Introduction. Um, this Wednesday will be uh, Jonathan's character, um, which is the most intriguing in the game for me, um, just for the sheer fact that um, it's a race I've never seen played, and the way he's combining it with his class is, I'm excited to see what he does with it. Um, because it could, could be really interesting, um, just because of my lack of experience with either of them. Um, so you can follow us, Stranger Damies, um, and the best thing is on Instagram and Twitter to follow us there, because uh, we're doing our sessions live, um, that I eventually break up into episodes, um, on the Game Vault pod channel. Um, it looks like it'll be sometime on the 21st, I think, which is why you keep an eye on the Twitter. I think time may have changed from where I thought it would be um, the last few times I've said this. Uh, so just be sure to uh, keep an eye on the Twitter for that. And um, the regular episodes, uh, the first one will air March 3rd. And then um, I'm going to have some other co- extra content in the weeks between because I'm going to start releasing them every other week. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, they Call This Movie airs every Thursday. Um you can find that by searching They Call This a Movie. It's on Instagram and Twitter. at The Main Damey. Uh, the Main Damey is the main website, uh, maindamey.com, where all of our podcasts live, including this one. Um, so if you like to listen to um, you know, all your podcasts on a browser and not on your phone or anything, you can go there and listen to every show we have. Um, and also has some good writing from Anthony on there as well. Uh, if you guys want to uh, check out some reviews for horror movies and stuff like that. Um, yeah, just, uh, uh, as I mentioned before, just, uh, always keep locked to the Twitter accounts, any announcements and things and, uh, uh, little tidbits from the podcast will always be on there. Awesome. Uh, Jen, you want to give us our stream schedule for the upcoming week? Yeah. So as we mentioned, tonight is uh, retro roulette. So if you're excited to see our playthrough, please join us. Usually they're at 9 PM Eastern time. But um, as Mark just said, Twitter is always the best place to reach us about any of our podcasts or streams. So we can be reached at the Game Vault, uh, Game Vault Pods, um, anywhere that you'd find social media. So Instagram, Twitter and Twitch and Facebook. But again, Twitter is always the best place for our most up to date information. Um, so after tonight's Retro Roulette, Tuesday will be um, our day off. 
Wednesday is uh, currently Warzone Wednesday, where the three of us jump on Call of Duty Warzone and play through Plunder. But that may be getting an overhaul soon. We have to see. Uh, we may be picking up some new games in the near future. Um, Thursday is Trails Thursday, where Mark th plays through Legend of Hero Trails in the Sky, and I hang out and chat, and we come up with some crazy story ideas. I say this every week, but it's getting really good. <laughs> like, every every <laughs> stream, I feel like it gets better and more yeah. dramatic and crazy and hilarious. So please join us if you haven't already. You will not regret it. Um, Fridays and Saturdays alternate, depending on when we record this podcast. So it'll either be Friday Fright Fest with me and Mark playing Dead by Daylight or Saturday Scream Stream the same thing. Although, because I'm mad at the game, maybe we'll switch it up. Who knows? But again, <laughs> check the Twitter account if you want to know. Um, and then Sunday has been um, uh, kind of up in the air lately, depending on if we can stream and what we're going to play. So that is most likely getting an overhaul as well, probably before uh, Wednesdays do. Um, I believe this Sunday, before you guys hear this, uh, we'll be playing a different game. But we'll always let you know if anything changes with that going forward permanently with the schedule. Um, and then I do want to also mention Monday after the Sunday coming up will be uh, Suikoden. Because uh, if we're not doing Retro Roulette, Tom is playing through his continuation of Suikoden. So, um, it's just yeah. getting good. Yeah, those are that's another great streamer. If you guys haven't joined it, uh, please do. It's a game that I feel like a lot of people are like, ooh, what's that? And then once we start telling them what it is, they get really interested in even the idea behind it. So I would also recommend checking that out as well. Yeah, it's basically a Pokemon for JRPGs. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> Pokemon for JRPGs. <laughs> all right. All right. So uh, we do have, like Jen said, we have all kinds of stuff coming up. Um, we, I do want to mention before we get out of here, we're an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. So if you are interested in retro gaming uh, hardware, controllers, uh, cables, EverDrives, memory cards, pretty much anything you can think of for your retro game collection or uh, or consoles, feel free to go and check them out. We have a link in the description of this podcast, and anytime you use it, it gives us a little kickback anytime you purchase something, and it makes doing these podcasts easier and allows us to get them to be better over time better audio better production value so um any little bit helps so join us tonight on stream at retro roulette and uh for mark and jenny i'm tom and we'll catch you guys in the next one <laughs>